Once again, us Best Picture boys are returning to a favorite director. In the past, Chad has brought two Paul Thomas Anderson movies, Boogie Nights and Magnolia, to the table, but today, it's me. Like the other two PTA movies we've discussed, it's extremely long and set in California, but instead of being set in the present or recent past, it's set a hundred years ago, in the time when California was sparsely populated by homesteaders and gold rush chasers. Based on an Upton Sinclair novel, Oil, the story focuses on a gold miner turned oil baron who is intent on sucking up all the oil in the area, no matter the personal cost. Upon release, the film was hailed as a masterpiece, but nowadays, the Best Picture Boys call it Not For Me, or One Note, or A Beautiful Spectacle with Amazing Acting. Bunker down, this episode could end as a spewing tower of fire that turns you deaf. It's There Will Be Blood. told you I would eat you up. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... I am a false prophet. God is a superstition. I'm Mark Watlington. I've abandoned my child! I'm Chad. And I'm... uh, There is a neighbor outside my window once more. We tried to start the podcast (laughs) once, and I screamed something insane while there was a neighbor out my window... And it happened. Now they it happened have returned. Again. It has happened again. This is a different neighbor. You also um, yelled so loud that our 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 call paused for a second because it was like, really? "Can I handle this?" Yeah, wow. just yeah. for a second. It's all right. Okay, um, I didn't feel like it was that loud, but I guess I stand corrected. Well, you know, I, I just imagine like if you're on the set of this film, <laughs> it's just so loud. I mean, you know? the one kid, he did go deaf. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, think, I don't think the actor went deaf. Well, no, he started doing sign language. He he went deaf. You, all right. you saw the footage. So, uh, so uh, y- you hear those stories about like Baldwin, where like on set he's talking so low, like cast members can't hear him, or, but he knows that it plays well on stage, and the mics will pick him up. Um, th- this this movie's the opposite of that. <laughs> they, they, they think the audio they're like guys, on stage. The audio guys have to stand so far away from Paul Dano right. and right. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, what what this, what is this show? <laughs> this, uh, this this is Best Pictures. On this podcast, we pick our favorite movies every year. We've been alive. Like I said, we're starting our 2007 deep dive into our favorite movies of that year. And Mark has brought There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody, you're, talk about you're using later. like an NPR, like late night radio host <laughs> voice right now. This is very unlike you. I think it's because I am <laughs> tired um, and it is late in good old Orlando. Gotcha. But it's also because I, for the past... I don't know, 93 years that we've been recording this podcast have held the mic in my hand and now it's on the stand and I'm leaning over. You got a stand? It really makes me, I've had a stand the whole time. We got stands when we purchased them. Yeah. Um, But I guess I didn't give them to everybody when I gave you the mics. You Uh, gave one to Chad when he took his mic to Los Angeles. I bought bought this one. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I have the other ones. This is $10 on Amazon. I mean, a a general store that's not Amazon. It's a mom and and pop shop I bought the microphone stand from for $10. (laughs) Um, Maandpawsmicrophones.com. You bought it from. 
Can you send me a link to that one, though? Because yours goes higher. Mine is so low. If I had it, like, right here, is, I would like it more. Okay, let me let me angle the camera down, because there's a <laughs> chance that my desk is just higher than yours. No, 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 no. Oh, yours goes way taller. higher than mine. Yeah, I, I'll see yeah, if yeah. I can. So I'll, go into my, I'll go into my purchase history at this mom and pop shop. And I will send right, it to right, you. Right, right. They have a really I'll wait good. In, I'll wait into. I will. I'll wait into its mom and pop day when they release all their mom and pop exclusive streaming right. devices and yeah. Uh, yeah. good sales, which is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, anyway. speaking of um, <laughs> corporations, corporation what did you see at AMC? Service. Yeah, exactly. What 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 did you see on streaming services, Chad? Which is your um, version of the Megaplex because you're not allowed to go. Yeah, so Mark uh, didn't watch anything, so I get no. two, I get two hey, movies this week. I uh, watched a lot of Lost and a lot of the uh, NBA playoffs. I can give you a review of the the Lakers Nuggets series. Give me a review of the episode of Lost you just watched. They both are Disney programs right now in the no, NBA game. Uh, and- one of the NBA series was on TNT, so that's hey, a Turner Broadcasting hey, service. Hey, let me tell you a little secret, Mark. If it's happening mm-hmm. at Disney World, that's still a little bit of a Disney program. That's true. <laughs> it's it's not on ESPN, but it's happening on Disney premises. So. Right. Um, okay, um, don't don't really give a review of Lost. That is an old show. I wasn't show, going to. I've watched like six episodes. Lost is good. It's good. Did you guys good. know that? It's a good, good show. show. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, so good I show. watched two new movies on Netflix. Uh, the, the first one is The Social Dilemma. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a documentary. Social Network, it's an old movie. No, this is a documentary, which is also the, got like a weird the dilemma like, on how they didn't give The Social Network the best picture. Uh, didn't they give? No, no they didn't. That's Who the won? fucking problem. Who won um, King's Speech. It was... Oh, uh, yes. that movie's... Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> social, social Network. Social Network. <laughs> yeah, it's better. Anyway, so we'll that. Yeah, uh, the social dilemma is uh-huh. uh, it's it's a documentary about how social media. This whole time, I thought social media was a very good thing, and this documentary uh-huh. it made me feel good all the time, and I'm happy when I'm on it. Um, well, yeah, because you left Twitter because you loved it because so I was just much. just jacking off all the you were time. Trying I was to, so happy, yeah, you were trying to bad. edge yourself <laughs> yeah. with social media. Yeah, so I'm trying to take some time off from all just the un. <laughs> I shouldn't just I shouldn't just equate happiness with jacking off all the time. That's a weird well, thing I've done in the podcast. But you're, well, you're trying to feel less joy. Yeah, I'm trying to feel less joy. Um, right. So I I'm off I'm off the site and uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm watching this movie about the site. Uh-huh. It, it, it's telling me that social media is actually bad and addictive. No, hold on. Let, let's 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 pause because yeah. you're not off the site. That is the problem that the movie is talking about most, right? It's about no, it, Facebook. It, it, I know it's about it's all talking of it, about Facebook. All of them. Facebook I, is the slightly more insidious one. I would say that its focus on Facebook is it's focused on like misinformation being able to yes. spread, but it focuses yes. on like the issues of all of them. Instagram is, is takes a pretty hard hit as well. As, it makes sense. As far yeah. as like Facebook does own Instagram. Right. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. But like uh, one of the big elements, cause I was expecting it to just be about like politics and like hate speech and misinformation and stuff like that. But it's also right. just about how these developers, like develop these apps and these websites to just be as addictive as possible. 
yeah. they're not like thinking about our mental well-being at all. That's not like a, really a consideration for them. As it focuses on this one guy, I forget his name, but he he's like sort of he worked for Google for a while. And he started this initiative to be like, hey, let's start thinking about these things because we're like the suicide rates are going up because of right. this young generation growing up with Instagram and getting depressed. Like, let's start well, thinking about this in th- our design. Th- they, th- they are told their job is to keep people on the website as long as possible. Right. I'm someone who works in marketing. And so I've had those same conversations of like, how mm. do we keep people on this site? The site right. is not a social platformer, so it's a little different, but it's still that kind of same general idea. And they've also mm-hmm. like gamified human interaction, which yeah. is a trying to get likes, like, trying to get retweet. I mean, stuff we've all like sort yeah. of talked about. It, it lays right. it out in a fairly interesting way, I guess. What I didn't love about the documentary was these like narrative elements to it. So they brought in these like actors to like dramatize like a kid who's too obsessed with social media and it the just guy, the kid from righteous gemstones right? yeah his name uh, escapes me but he plays gideon in righteous gemstones yep. um and then there's like a it's almost like a parody of inside out but it's the guy who plays pete campbell for mad men and there's yeah. oh. th- three of him that exist inside like inside this boy's cell phone and they are like working with each other to be like, let's send him uh, an advertisement for this so that he'll be in the mood for this. And like, let's let's make his fill his feed with this girl so he'll want to stay on the app longer and stuff like that. So it's sort Sucks. of like trying to dramatize the behind the scenes stuff. The algorithms. Yeah, the algorithms. Yeah. But it just it's weird. I don't know. It was good to see like Pete in something else because I love I love that actor. He's he's very good. And he was good as like the sort of wormy, like basically playing a corrupt computer program and everything. Yeah. 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 Um, But it's just weird and felt out of place. I I didn't I didn't care for that. But um, I don't know. I I liked the the interview stuff was pretty enlightening. Just hearing from the people who actually designed these apps about like, yeah, it's kind of messed up what we did. Um, So I anytime they do that where they try and get like real like actors and not just you know kind of id tv right uh, dramatizations sometimes it's it's really interesting i don't know if you guys remember that movie american animals which was like i never saw it but that was evan peters was in that evan peters and i think blake uh blake jenner is that's not his no that's that's his brother no blake the blake kid actor it, it's the kid from uh, Edge of Seventeen, and everybody wants that's him. Blake Jenner. It is okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, he's in it, um, and it is mostly a narrative film. But then they have documentary interviews. Yeah, uh, with... Bernie is the same way. Where it's, it's I need to rewatch Bernie. I don't necessarily remember that about mostly it. Mostly like Jack Black and uh Matthew McConaughey doing like this like reenactment of everything, but it's interspersed with these interviews from like the actual people that knew these people. In the but town. It's, well, it's right? mostly a drama movie. Yeah, I mean Bernie is like a drama f- movie that like kinda has not a framing device, but it kinda just has this like device of using interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, but they use they use real interviews and some yeah. some fake interviews as well. Because yeah, Matthew McConaughey um, sits down as if he's doing one of these interviews that the yeah. townsfolk are doing, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. It's a cool movie. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe Pussy we should Pete. talk about it whenever we get to that year. 2010? We'll see. I don't know. Uh, 2011, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about your second movie, or should we round robin? Let's uh, let's go to you, and then I'll okay. end, because I'm blank. Oh, I remember the other movie now. Okay. No, I have. But you go ahead. <laughs> I also have a couple, because okay. uh, we've watched movies. We will do uh, I, four total. You get two. We'll do I four total. Two. Okay. I'll do... Uh, Okay, I'll do my half one really quick. I saw Broken Hearts Gallery, which is a fun rom-com, and it's got uh, Billy from Stranger Things. It's cute. I like it. Um, Philippa Sue from Hamilton's in it and plays one of the best friends of the main girl and is incredible. It's uh, really fun, but it's a rom-com, and it's nice to have one of those right now. Um, A movie that's actually pretty depressing is called The Nest, which is Carrie Coon and Jude Law. And it's like, what if marriage bad? What if move to (laughs) England and marriage bad? And I think it's well acted and it's pretty interesting and it like looks gorgeous, but you're kind of left walking out of it thinking, what's the point? Um, I would say I would definitely recommend it for the performances. I think Carrie Coon's like so, I mean, she's always great. Um, but she's so good in the movie and Jude Law is so good as someone who like is basically faking his way into feeling important. And uh, yeah, it's a really solid movie. It just kind of ends in a place where you're just like, okay, so, so what? (laughs) Um, But I don't really criticize any of the acting for that. That just feels Mm -hmm. kind of like a weird, like writing choice of not, I'm, I don't know. I guess they knew where they wanted to go, but it just didn't work for me. Um, but it's worth a watch. Cool. So, Chad. Back, back um, to Chad. So and back, for the back. record, I, I did watch movies. I just didn't watch mm. any new movies. What's an, Mark, uh, I don't even know that you watched that many what's movies. What's an old movie you I didn't, watched? Uh, I've watched the Hobbit movies. That's um, true. You watched all three of them? You did. Well. Yeah, the first one. Who's the first um, one? I've been watching some movies, just not a, yeah. not as many. Yeah, I've been yeah. working uh, late, so I don't have time for movies after work, uh, and then I squeeze as many as I can in on weekends. But that's what not she always said. new ones. Also, we really should like just point out. I mean, it is hard for Mark to watch movies when movies did further get canceled <laughs> this past week. Yeah, <laughs> like movies were about to be in theaters, and then yeah. Warner Brothers and Disney both said no movies canceled it's for now. Possible AMC opened a bit prematurely. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, um, um, it, had yeah. to see the tenet. Um, well, now it's nothing until fucking November. Anyway, I know. And <laughs> you so renewed your A list account. No, so. I know. I'm like, yeah. but I'm seeing like small indie stuff. That That's good. Playing, That's what so I'd that, want. I mean, see anyway. at least something is going. But anyway, what else did you watch? Uh, I watched The Devil All the Time. Um, and it was it was okay. I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was it was fine. That's basically uh, everything I've heard about it. I was super hyped about it, and then literally yeah, everyone I mean, was like, eh, "So Tom, I'm probably not going to watch it." Tom Holland's pretty good in it. Um, yeah. Robert Pattinson has one a fun role, like not dis, right. not uh, pretty dissimilar from Paul Dano in this movie, actually. But they both play very charismatic, like preachers. Um, yeah. Robert Pattinson has this one scene where he's like giving a sermon while it's like intercutting other things. And his voice yeah. that he chose for this movie is just insane. 
Yeah, he did um, no research and refused the dialogue coach. But it's like good though, is the thing. Like it's like a <laughs> it's an accent I kind of it's like that. It's like a high pitched like southern accent, but like also okay. menacing and like I don't know. I can't really. It, it's like the little boy in Gravity Falls. Um, it's like when his name is. It's like Dipper when know who I'm talking about, Chad. Uh, the psychic boy, the little like oh small little Gideon, little Gideon, little Gideon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Um, no, it's like when um, they're doing the murder mystery game in the office, and uh, Michael Scott makes Oscar do an accent even though he doesn't want to, and he does that real high pitch, the corn of the dirt. <laughs> he does this insane thing. It's like that. But he gives this like long sermon about like he he keeps using the word delusions. <laughs> And it's just very, very good and very big and very fun. But ultimately, it just feels like it's this southern gothic thing right? that's kind of not trying to say anything new. It's kind of like, yeah, we, I don't know. You're just showing me a lot of unpleasant shit and like bloody that's stuff. That's what I've heard about it is any... it's misery porn a little bit. It's just 100%, like, yep, yeah. th- this sucks, right? There's a, few cool, like, uh-huh. there's a few cool moments and scenes. Um the kid who plays, uh, not, he's not a kid anymore, he's like an adult, but who played Dudley in Harry Potter, um, mm-hmm. he's in the movie, he's he's very, he's very good in it. He's getting, um, he's cashing those Netflix checks, because he's the villain yeah. in Old Guard. It was also in the oh, Coen right. Brothers movie. Um, Which was also Netflix. The Ballad Plus of Buster Drugs. Drugs. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it was, it was okay. I, I If you're super bored and you just want to watch a fun Robert Pattinson role, put it on, but otherwise I wouldn't really recommend it. I don't know. Well, yeah, because I, I the the rest of the movie feels like misery around it, everything I've heard. So like, mm-hmm. I just don't know. And even I do like, like Robert, who's in Robert it, Pattinson. But. Spoiler alert: Skip ahead like thirty seconds. Uh, plays like a rapist, so it's not like right. He's not like a fun character either. He's just doing no, a, when, he's just doing a fun voice. When when I went to Wikipedia and saw the words "a pair of serial killers," I was like, <laughs> "Well, this movie isn't what I thought it was." I don't know <laughs> if I'm into it. Yeah. Um. Okay. But, so, so all of those are streaming, correct? Uh, or Cody, no. were yours? Yours were in theaters. Broken Hearts Gallery but, is actually in theaters. Yes. Yeah, so was the Nest, but okay. only in independent theaters. But the other movie that I saw in theaters, and this is the one that I actually highly recommend, and it's mm. incredible, and it's like my third favorite movie of the year. I fucking adore it. It's called Cajillionaire. Um, it's a film by Miranda July, who I haven't seen any of her stuff, but um, a lot of people like her. Um, it is phenomenal. It is a weird kind of um, slice of life movie about these um, these parents who and their daughter who like just survive by running low level scams. Um, and Richard Jenkins plays the dad. Um, I'm trying to look up who plays the mom. Um, but Evan Rachel Wood plays the main character. And when I saw the trailer, she does a weird, like, deep voice. And I was like, that's not going to sustain in an entire movie. But her performance is actually incredible, and it works. It's like... I don't I don't really know how to describe it, but it, it's it's very... Deborah Winger plays the mom. Um, it's it's so good, and it's about how our parents shape us, and how we 
want to grow away from our parents and that and there reaches a certain point where you want to change but your parents have been set in their way so long that your parents are never going to change is the thing that I kind of like walked away with. And that's kind of what the movie is saying. And I, I think that's a very interesting thing to dive into. Um, Gina Rodriguez plays a newcomer to kind of these, these characters who kind of gets to see um, how their life is. And it's about Evan Rachel Wood finding her own way. And it's heartfelt. There are, scenes that made me crack up laughing harder than I've laughed at a movie in a while. Like very Hmm. funny, weird, but good scenes. I like legitimately think both of you will love it. Like it really feels like the movie that is on the wavelength of you guys. Cause it's like, it's not, it's definitely not as absurd or funny as a Napoleon dynamite but the sweetness parts of that movie are kind of present here, but it's not as weird and not as abundantly a comedy. It, it, it for real took me about 30 minutes into the movie before the tone of it clicked with me. And then I was fully on board. I was a little unsure. I was like, yeah. what am I supposed to find this depressing? Am I supposed to find this funny? And the answer is both. When you're towing that line, that's my shit. I love that in a movie. Should I should I laugh at this? When you're conjuring up that feeling of like, should I be laughing or should I be like sad or Mm -hmm. horrified or whatever it is? That's that sweet spot that I I I love. It has two, and we'll talk about it more once you guys uh, are able to see it. Which this one is playing at AMC's, like because there's not a lot playing. This one's you know. Um, yeah, I just looked it there. up. It is playing once per day in yep. the, in Chattanooga overall. Yeah, I mean, um, it, but it's I, not playing I'll, a lot. I'll, I might try to go see it this weekend. It's uh, it's it's so good. I think it yeah. really is. Um, it's it's a really nice, pleasant movie. And the minute I walked out, I was like, I think Chad and Mark are gonna love this, and I love it so much. And it's it's in my top movies of the year. Yeah, it's it's been one that I've. Uh, saw or I heard about out of Sundance. Uh, I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was in like mainstream theaters now. Um, I will figure out if I want to venture into a theater to go watch it. I don't and, think which it I still been, haven't decided about. Right. I don't overall. think it would have been in mainstream theaters if um, probably not. No. If, if it had if, to compete with like everything else, exactly, that should be in theaters. It is um, playing so. at the drive-in I go to sometimes, so maybe I'll we'll go plan a yeah, trip. It's, it's a I double really feature guys... with uh, Ava. I don't know anything about that, but Jessica Chastain is in it. Common is in it's it. In, and it's a it's an assassin movie assassin directed movie? by Tate Taylor, who is the director of The Help. Um, so, I don't know. Fuck it. Watch it. <laughs> like assassin people with a shit pie or something? Um. Yeah, I I do think that's the exact plot of that movie. So yeah, hop in your car, drive, <laughs> drive to the screen, and uh, you'll enjoy it. Speaking um, of shit, um, there will be blood. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. So this is where we're starting, <laughs> huh? No, I'm. I don't mean to be that hostile, but I. Uh, I don't know. Um. Uh, Mark, why did you pick huh? this movie? <laughs> I think this is because I'm going to be a fascinating episode because yeah. as, as listeners know, I love typically I am on one side of the divide. Yes. Usually I either strongly hate something, strongly like something. 
and I think that the the other boys are normally in the middle or opposing. It is very rare that I find myself in the neutral position, which is where I am today. It's um, also kind Chad of a shame. Hates this movie. It's also kind Mark of a shame that this is one of the episodes because it's the first of a mini series that that won't matter. That you being yeah. the swing vote won't come in. Won't matter. Won't yeah, matter yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyways. <laughs> So, Mark picked There Will Be Blood, and Chad's question to you, Mark, is why? Uh, so, There Will Be Blood, I, I think, was the first, like, Paul Thomas Anderson movie that I, like, really connected with, um, which sounds like neither of you guys had the same experience. Yeah. But, like, I had watched Punch Drunk Love, which I thought was, like, fine, and I watched The Master, which I didn't really get. Um, but in like the lead up to uh, the Phantom Thread, I wanted to watch some of his movies, and I watched this and was like enraptured by it, uh, and like really enjoyed the scale of it, and the just I I think that Daniel Day Lewis, who's doing something that's like honestly kind of similar to what he does in Gangs of New York, a movie that I don't yes. like him in. Uh, I, I yeah. like him a lot more in in this movie with his with his character and Paul Dano obviously is great uh, and it's a beautiful movie. Um, I don't know. I like this movie. I can kind of understand where you are, Cody, where you're kind of like meh on it. Um, yeah. I really don't get Chad's like harsh like half star rating. I didn't give it a half star uh, rating. I he gave didn't it a, get a half I gave star. It he gave it two and a two. half. Two yeah, two and a half. Yeah, I well, just you know it's also what Cody gave it, right? No, 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 three, no, no. I gave it three and, a, three and a half. Okay, yeah. Um, but I'm normally pretty generous with rankings, anyway. But um, yeah, I think so. It's interesting you bring up all those other movies because I think I like every PTA movie I've seen more than this. And you guys know that I was relatively mixed on Magnolia, um, but I, I still would rank that higher than this. Um, I love Punch Drunk Love, love Boogie Nights, love Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread's probably my favorite. I think The Master's really Phantom good. Phantom Thread's great. Phantom um, Thread is great. I need to rewatch The Master, but it mm, it might actually be my favorite of his. Probably Magnolia. It's pretty solid. Probably Magnolia. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's Phantom Thread for me, but um, I think the thing that I've realized is, I'll be honest, this doesn't feel like a PTA movie to me. It really? doesn't at I, all to me. After watching really? the rest of his movies, I don't feel it at all. This one's so mm. grim mm-hmm. and like dark and I'm, like I'm usually like laughing in misery. I'm usually laughing a little bit in a PTA movie. Like even the master, yeah, I would say fair. the master is probably closest to this. In master tone. is yeah. closest to it. I would say master is the one that's closest to misery. But but even then, a like a little bit of lightness to the master yeah, that's not really here. Philip Seymour Hoffman calls that guy pig fuck, and you're like horrified, but at the same time you're kind of like laughing a little bit, like you're like. Holy shit! This guy is uh, something else. Um, but I, I definitely don't smile for a second watching "There Will Be Blood." No, and I think the other thing is like, f- f- at least for me, in his other movies, there's characters that I latch onto because I find mm-hmm. them very like emotionally compelling. I like them. I don't. There's no character in this movie for me to do that with. I'm I'm admiring the acting as it's happening. Yes. Like it is good acting. I mean, it is capital yeah, it's, letters it's, acting, but it, it is yeah. good. 
Um, I do think the cinematography is gorgeous. The scale of what's happening, the fact that a movie like this even got made, I am admiring all of that stuff. But I'm just never connected to it because there's not a character like there is in all the other ones or a relationship or anything. Because it's all just yeah. shitty people. That's kind of where know? I'm at. Like the the sets and the the scope of like some of the set pieces, like like uh, Mark mentioned in the monologue, the the rig that just like catches on fire and just yeah. shoots flames. Up I love the that sky. scene. I'd love to see a behind the scenes segment on like how that was yeah. accomplished uh i don't know how much of it is vfx versus practical um i don't know but it uh looks great um i think daniel day lewis for the most part gives a really good role i don't like the final scene it's a very fu- it's a very popular scene but i think it kind of comes out of nowhere and is insane uh and is unearned but paul dano's i love paul dano he's fun um I, lo- I love a charismatic preacher performance. I mean, that was the saving grace of the devil all the time was a charismatic preacher performance. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's I, always fun. To so see. Th- that final scene, l- let's talk about it. Should we crack down we give on a, the a, plot we give first? A, yeah. a quick plot synopsis? Yeah, give a quick plot synopsis, Mark. So it opens. Daniel Day-Lewis has a pickaxe, and he's, and he's in a hole, and he's uh, pickaxing. Um, so he's he's a gold digger. He hurts himself gold digging, uh, but then drags himself back to civilization. Turns in his gold, and then like you know hires a rig to like you know dig gold a lot faster. They find oil. A, oh, well, right, then, right. Then and they, they find oil. Then they find oil, and then he mm-hmm. gets very rich, and then he goes and buys land that he knows oil is under. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul Dano's brother, Paul Dano, comes to him, and he's like, "Hey, my family has oil," and he's like, "Cool." Uh, and he goes and buys a bunch of land that has oil in it, makes so a lot of money with oil. Pause. That scene where Paul goes up to Daniel and he's like, hey, I know of a place with oil. I thought like, oh, it's so convenient. It's a movie where Paul is played by Paul Dano and Daniel is p- played by Daniel Day-Lewis. That'll be really easy to remember. Yes. And then fast right. forward. And for the rest of the movie, Paul Dano is playing Eli. Uh-huh. And that yeah. uh, is also easy for us to remember because friend of the podcast, Eli Shap Smith, mm-hmm. uh, is right. a name that I think about <laughs> often. But still, it, it was frustrating. <laughs> I I will say I don't understand the brother stuff in the beginning because he like tells him the oil is there. And then the the Daniel Pla- Plainview shows up to Eli and family's house and is like, mm, I'm here for quail. Like, I, 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 I do, I guess, understand that communication was harder back then, but that still feels really bizarre that someone is like, because, like, does the brother get a cut of it? Like, I just don't understand yeah, I why mean, he's well, like, yeah. there's oil here. He paid him off there in that scene. That's right. Yeah, right, he asked for, right, like, right. Uh, I think $1,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a finder's fee. Yeah, okay. basically. And then Daniel Plainview said, like, if it turns out uh, you're lying to me, I'm going to basically come kill you he said he's gonna take back more than the money he gave you yeah um yeah it's been a week so i've forgotten a few details and i watched this Um, last night so it is fresh yeah um basically the rest of the movie is is daniel plainview uh and his son going around and you know buying up more oil fields and building a pipeline and um, um, turning down note, money. Not really his son. It's the orphan son of the guy that died toward the beginning of the movie. 
from the rig falling. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I realized that. He tells him in like this penultimate scene. He's like, "You're not even my boy. You're an orphan." See, Mark, that's that's key to the entire movie. <laughs> I I somehow always interpreted that as like you have become an orphan by like turning on me like this. But I guess that makes more sense. Oh, oh no, no he, he's, he is, he's literally an orphan. Okay. Yeah, it's it's told. There's like no word spoken for like the first half hour of this movie. But yeah. someone that was working on his grave for me. Yeah. <laughs> I like that part of the movie. I yeah, um, I think that it's actually like it's it's fine, a little it's bit compelling. pretentious, sure, but I think it's done yeah. really compellingly. Um, Wally does that better, and, and it it <laughs> also like kind of I mean, <laughs> like Wally, it puts you in this really like landscape where like there's no one around. Like the mm-hmm. when he breaks his leg and then has to crawl back to civilization, it, it does and feel it pans extra up hopeless, and it's like. Yeah. It's like yeah. just a barren landscape, and you're like, oh, he's got to crawl over that mountain over there. Um, yeah, and that's kind of my take with this whole movie is like everything is so masterfully done, like like that opening sequence being so quiet, so that when he does fall, you feel the fact that he's so alone. That's just like a master filmmaker constructed that. Yeah, you know. Right. But then, like, it's just this movie that's about a character I don't give a shit about, and it's just kind of boring because i don't care about him well i mean mean, which is where i fall as well i mm -hmm. think it's like everything is so well done and i don't care it's it's yeah um but let's finish up yeah yeah so where i mean so so you know over the course of the movie his boy um like gets injured in that oil like when they tap the oil the first time it comes spurting up and it it deafens his son and yeah. then their relationship is really damaged because he can't, like, he doesn't can't put enough. Yeah, he can't communicate. He gets really frustrated by that. Um, at one point, a Which guy shows up. Which is another really is good like, scene when the audio, like, goes out as Daniel's trying to talk to his boy. And the boy yeah. is just giving him, like, a blank look back. Again, really well done. Incredible moment. Right. Um, there's another sequence where a guy comes up and says, hey, I'm your, like, half-brother, a brother from another mother. Uh, and they kind of hang out for a while until he eventually realizes that he's just like a rando looking for money. Uh, and then he kills him. I like that part of the movie. I like that part of the movie. It's good. Um, uh, you know, eventually he makes a ton of money and builds a house. And with then his adult son with a bowling alley. It's like a, it's an absolutely immense house. Um, but, oh, and, and Paul Dano's brother, Eli, um, also Paul Dano. Um <laughs> He is a a pastor, and part of the deal that they make at the beginning to to get the land with the oil on it is that uh, Plainview will give $5,000 to the church, and he never does. Um, And so uh, Paul Dano hates him for that. Uh, And then at the end, he comes back, and he's like, hey, man, like, I'm broke. Can I have that money for the church? Uh, And uh, Plainview kills him. The end. Yeah. So the ending, I I think I fall a little easier on it than Chad, who does like absolutely hate it. I think like watching the scene, it's pretty compelling, but I I don't like so so that last little section is like a time gap of like fifteen years, yeah. And I feel like they yeah. go to that through that last part so. Fast. It's it's the shortest like segment in the whole movie. W- within this time period, we only get 
the confrontation with the son and this mm-hmm. murder scene. And that's essentially it. I think there's like and a uh, there's like I a couple there might establishing be like a shots scene. of him just kind of like shooting the shit in his giant house. Yeah. Yeah. But that's those but are the two like scenes. a recluse yeah. and he's kind of like lost it a bit and has become an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Like all well, of that stuff happens off screen. So when he starts acting even more erratically, I'm just like I guess well, it, it does. It doesn't necessarily feel in line. It seems to me that thing. by that point he like is, you know, he instead of fighting to get richer, he has kind of like reached the the peak of his wealth, and he's kind of just been like, okay, and now I don't have anything new to do. I'll just like, you know, he realizes that all of this wealth has gotten him nothing, so he just like drinks and yeah. yeah. You know, has servants take care of him, and so, you know, in, in that bowling alley scene, like they, he literally like wakes up in the bowling alley after you know, presumably just blacking out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, here's why I think this movie doesn't click for me, and why I can't get into the character Daniel. So, like this movie, it it's it's similar to like the Social Network. Or um, uh, the founder. I haven't seen the founder, but it's similar to like those types of movies where it's sort of like a critique of this guy who's just like focused on the oh, chase sure. of like yeah, greed, yeah. and it's Wall like, Street movies like that. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. So I think why it falls apart for me is like with movies like The Social Network or The Founder, it's kind of like, oh, I don't know, I eat McDonald's, I like McDonald's, or I'm on Facebook, I like it. It's like, these are things in my life that I'm comfortable with, and it's like, oh, but I gotta think about the dark side of it, of like what people had to do, mm-hmm. of the the evil, the, the larger picture. With oil men, it's just kind of like, I don't know, who's a, like a fan of big oil? Like, why do we right. need, it's I not mean, like challenging me in the same way, I guess. It's kind of like the sure, disconnect yeah. for me. I mean, you... You do, um, you, you like, use oil more than you eat McDonald's, I would imagine. Seeing as you have to use oil to get to McDonald's in the form of, like, gasoline. Hey, I got a um, McDonald's in walking distance, friend. Hey, well, look Ooh, at you. Gotcha. Um, uh, but, but I still drive through the drive-thru if I'm going to go to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I get that. I get that. But, like, I don't know. It's yeah. just sort of I mean, like. There, there is more of a move where you're not, like, you're not using, like, Plainview brand oil. Um, sure. Well, but. And also, like, the thing is, like, Chad was also very resistant to watching Secession for so very long. And part of it was, like, why do I want to watch these shitty people be shitty? Um, I think I, I, yeah. you're still not as big of a fan of that show as we are. Uh, but yeah, I still you've warmed to it a bit. I, I think I see the appeal and I'll probably eventually watch it just because it is like that sort of like talked about show. Uh, yeah. And I've watched a decent amount of it. I think I stopped somewhere in season one but i'll, I'll pick it back up and keep well watching i mean eventually. i mean well, it really comes together i i think that the characters in succession are like more relatable because they have like family relationships that they mm-hmm. you yeah. know somewhat like somewhat care about and they and have the family like, stuff is what i do like about that yeah show too right i you know i I am not going to stand here and say like, oh no, there are likable things about Plainview. You know, I I really don't right. think there yeah. there are really any. I it just never really. Uh, that's not a knock against it, in my opinion. I can see why it, why it would be for you. Um, 
but I, I think that it's interesting, like, he's willing to admit, like, he, he says to Henry, who he at the time thinks is his brother, is like, he's like, I have a, like, an angry spirit, where he's like, I, mm-hmm. I have a competitive spin- spirit, I have, like, a devil within me. Yeah, he says he like, sees the yeah. worst in people. He, says, he, um, he sees the worst in people, he doesn't mm-hmm. want anybody else to have anything good. Um, So it's like, to me, it's more about, like, in order to be really truly incredibly successful you have to be absolutely cutthroat and mean and evil uh just in the way that like you know capitalism is set up it's like you have to be willing to like fuck people over in business deals you have to be willing to like Mm -hmm. not care about the guy that dies in your construction site yeah Uh, even in the beginning it's like small scale compared to like where the movie goes but like even just purchasing the land he said tells his son like i'm gonna give them quail price i'm not gonna give them oil price for this land. yeah like i'm gonna try to keep that quiet because like he's trying to rip them off um, and and part of me thinks yeah. that he does you know he he's definitely like utilizing hw who is his his quote-unquote son i think that you know throughout the relationship he's definitely kind of just like using that Anytime that, you know, his family is brought up or like, how did your wife die? He's like, I don't want to talk about that, which is like kind of skirting the question, using it as being like, I'm a family man. Here's my son. Um, (laughs) But I think that he cares about him to some extent. But once his utility is up and once he becomes a burden, he kind of casts him off, sends him off to (laughs) off to boarding school. Um, But I think that like the the. The combination of, like, he is, like, a, a bootstraps guy who, like, started off as, like, a guy in the middle of the nowhere with a pickaxe who found gold. And he worked himself up to, like, a guy who owns a, a huge house where he can have a bowling alley. Um, you know, like, that is a very American story. But it's told from a perspective of, like, I mean, Upton St. Clair, who wrote the book, is, like, was a member of, like, the OG Socialist Party in America where... Um, he is like, you know, he wrote these books about these capitalists and these industrialists and these oil barons who were like, you know, back then, like, you know, there were all kinds of like oil barons and, you know, uh, railroad barons where like, you know, they would royally fuck people over. I mean, like Elon Musk kind of Jeff Bezos types. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's interesting to see like this very American story told from a, a, a more honest and much more dark perspective of like, you know, here is the actual insidiousness. And, you know, I think the comparison to the social network is interesting. The social network kind of comes from it more at a perspective of like, he's so lonely that he's doing anything to get like popularity or power or people to like him. Whereas yeah, this right. is more like he just wants to win and he wants to have the most money. Yeah. And he which, wants like, people to be poor because he's rich, which I, they're both uh, like Zuckerberg in that movie and Plainview are both unlikable characters. But with Zuckerberg, you kind of like can sympathize, understand where he's yeah. coming from yeah. more because of that. Well, and then and you I have that Eduardo character that yeah, really helps. That's that who you really work. like, and you like are devastated when he's like fucked over. Um, mm-hmm. I need to rewatch that movie. I'm kind of looking forward to when we get to that year. Well, so here's something that, and you know, the director doesn't have to change the movie to make it work more for me, but the original story that I was based on, right. I I tried to find 
what were kind of the differences and stuff like that. So PTA basically only uses the first 150 pages. So it's basically meeting the Eli, Eli's family, trying to get the land, that sort of stuff. That's basically all that he uses. Oh, interesting. Um, because there's a lot more, like the son and him don't really have a falling out. Um, the son becomes a member of the Socialist Party. That's a whole big <laughs> part of it. Interesting. There's a union dispute. There's no murder. There doesn't seem to be any friction between the dad and the son. Um, but the story is told from the son's perspective, which really got me thinking of like, if wow. we we just live with Daniel the entire time, you know, if we, if we saw I... kind of the, like felt sympathy for the people being fucked over, but we don't really because like Paul Dano gets fucked over. Paul Dano sucks. Yeah, he's yeah, also no. a flawed. Like, like he he is like the con artist kind of guy. Not really a con artist, right. but he's a, he's a he is a fraud and he's like yeah. he knows it. I don't know. Um and he's and he's trying to wield power yeah. at at any point. Um yeah. yeah, like their whole dynamic like their back and forth of like trying to like embarrass each other almost is what it kind of yeah. boils down to is super not good. Um but what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I think having that perspective of the boy would be super helpful, I think, for me enjoying the movie. Mm. Like if I had because he was mostly silent even before he was deaf. Like he didn't really right. say or do much. He was just sort of like the wingman. He was just a prop, which is yeah. the idea. Yeah. But it was still yeah. hard. to. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think the other thing uh, to to go back to the ending a little bit, the death. The, the murder really just feels too amped up from where the rest of the movie has been to me. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe like, I'm wrong in thinking that. Mark, I don't know. You can no, kind e- of... Eli kind of strolls in and he's like, it's been a while since we've seen each other. And then it's like, okay, time for me to murder you because I guess it's the end of the movie. I don't, I don't know. It's, that's how it reads that, to no, me. That's, it's just like... that. That's I agree with you. That, that's what I'm saying. We hadn't like, even seen that character in a while and like... It had been 15 years. Like, what's what's even happening? I, I think the reveal that they've he's already fucked him over is enough. That they've already yeah. gotten all the oil out of the land. To me, that's enough. And yeah. then the murder just feels like, uh, oh, time to end it. I, I would mm-hmm. agree with you. Time but to Mark, escalate. you may have a different read on it. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that you could make an argument. And this is the thing that I was thinking about during the movie. Like, there's almost an argument that, like, you know... Big business is like a religion, and it's like a competition between. Yeah, I think that know, that's, the, I think that that's like a pretty clear something something um, that's going on in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a comparison between like two people who are kind of lying as their business. Although, I mean, I, you know, it's kind of up to the viewer how much uh, Paul Dano is like lying in his in his sermons, and how much is like showmanship, and how much is actually actual belief. Um, but I think that like. You know, you know, Plainview has a competitive spirit in him, and he kind of relishes the fact that he has been humiliated by, uh, you know, this preacher. He's he's made to like get on his knees and say that he's a sinner and that he's abandoned his son and that like he's mm-hmm. he's sorry to God. He slaps um, him in front of the congregation. Yeah, they slap each um, other a lot in this movie. Yes, very good slaps. Um, so like. Th- to have the opportunity to have this guy come groveling to him and asking for money, you know, I I agree that the murder is almost over the top. Right. Uh, 
but I, I think that the the scene is is good to have at kind of the end. I mean, I think it's definitely important to show Plainview, like, you know, right before that, his his son comes back to him and says, hey, can I have some money to go and, like, try to be an, an oil man myself? And he's like, no, fuck you, you're an orphan. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that would be a better ending of the movie. But I also like wrapping up the, the Paul Dano storyline. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't need to end in murder, no, but, like, what do you, do you want Paul Dano to, like, walk up and just be like, okay, well, thanks, bye. Um, you know... The what's interesting is I was reading like reviews from from the time this came out and like people were saying like like literally the last five minutes turned this from a perfect movie to a great movie, um, so like interesting you know that scene is is kind of d- divisive, um, okay. So it's it's not like that's a like a everyone's favorite scene in the movie. It's not my favorite scene in the movie. Um, it's certainly one I hear about a lot. You know the milkshake line yeah. in particular. It's a very I mean it's, I mean, it's so fucking big of a performance at that moment that i think it's kind of just like and it's the last impression the movie leaves on you yeah so i think it's kind of just and apparently like paul there. thomas anderson was like doing some research and like that is actually something that was said in like a, a, a congressional hearing about a like an oil controversy or something where someone was kind of describing a similar situation where they had like sucked all of the oil out of someone's land uh, and they had described it as a milkshake, and, and PTA was like, "It's kind of funny that this guy was talking about milkshakes in Congress." Um, huh. So it's you know it's like contemporary language technically, but like yeah, mm. it's it's a little bit goofy. Um, but also you know I I think you know maybe it would have been better if you had kind of established Plainview's life in his in his kind of secluded nature, um, mm-hmm. so that it makes more sense that like you know, the first person he's seen in a long time is, like, his enemy, and he's drunk and hungover, and he gets woken up after sleeping on the floor to a guy who he hates asking him for money. I mean, like, I'm not going to try to rewrite the script. I, I'm not right. a writer, uh, and I'm not PTA. But, like, you know, maybe there are some better ways to set that up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to de- defend that scene too much, but I don't, I don't hate that scene. Right. Yeah, I think I just I'm not necessarily on board where it ends up, but I I don't know that I hate the scene either. Um, I think I think the brother stuff is is what works for me best in the movie. The when when his supposed brother comes back and because that's kind of when he opens he opens up. Um, I mean, this movie was really well liked when it came out. Um, Still is. It's. I, I'm I'm trying to figure out, you know, we keep pointing to these things of like, you know, there's not a lot of likable characters in this movie and stuff. And that's more me just trying to figure out why it doesn't click. Yeah, for it's, me. That's my it's not even guess. like likable. Like, I wouldn't even say I just have to be like interested in the guy, I think, is the thing. Right. Because like we're going to talk about uh, No Country for Old Men. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily remember any of those characters being quote unquote likable, but the yeah. Javier Bardem character like is just He's super scary, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're just so intrigued by him mm-hmm. and you know, all the, all the other characters and Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Lee Jones, I would say is, is likable. Yeah, I guess that's true. But, so, uh, um, but like, it's not like I'm opposed to just grim stuff cause I watch a lot of it, but th- yeah. there's just, I, I, I'm trying to figure it cause, out. Cause, cause likable well, isn't I, the right, I, I like plenty of like I like plenty of unlikable quote unquote characters. Um, right. I think that, 
you know, part of what gets you invested in the character is, you know, the 30 minutes of, of wordless introduction where, you know, when you start this movie and he's a guy in a, with a pickaxe and a hole, you know, when you see that he dragged himself to safety and then has turned that into like a successful thing, you know, part of you is like, you know, this guy is just trying his best to make money. Um, which, and, you know, he turns that into a, a bigger mine that gets oil. Um, you know, I think that part of that kind of gets you on board with him as a, a, a businessman who's kind of fought for himself, um, you know, and then you start to realize that, oh, he's kind of underselling or um, underpaying for this land. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then I think by the time that, his son goes deaf and he leaves his son to go look at the oil. Um, I, 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 and his son is like, don't leave me, don't leave me. And he leaves. You have to, you start to say like, Oh, he's like kind of fucked up for doing that. And then, and then then he leaves his son on the train and it's just like, okay, there's no going back from this clearly. But I mean, even Mm -hmm. the callousness of just like the dead, like workers is just, honestly enough yeah i I mean like his his callousness and his his evilness kind of is revealed slowly um in the way he treats his son and the way he treats his his workers in the way that he like beats the shit out of paul dano at one point and shoves his face in mud i'm trying to remember my first impression of this movie because like this time around i had seen it before and I can't remember like what my experience with this movie was because this time around I I kind of know where this character ends up, so I just knew he was like a shitty guy from the beginning. Even even in that yeah. long scene of like quietly prospecting and getting injured and all that stuff, like I was still just aware of like who he is. So I I don't know when. I don't know how long into the movie you start to when realize did, he's he's no good. I can't remember. When did you watch this for the first time? And did you did you like it? I did not like it. It was in college, probably sophomore, junior year. I don't know. So you had already seen like Boogie Nights and Magnolia and stuff by then. I had, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was the first disappointment in PTA's um, filmography for me. I had <laughs> seen at this point. I had seen. Oh, you know what? I hadn't seen Magnolia yet because I watched that later. But I had seen Boogie Nights and I had seen Hard Eight and I had seen Punch Drunk Love. But, yeah. but not Magnolia. I saw Magnolia after this. I think it is so weird to jump from Punch Drunk Love to this movie. It really is. And it, it makes more sense to move from this movie to The Master. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Those feel like very lateral moves. And then also. These, those do feel very. Yeah, connected. Of a piece. But the master works for me. I don't know. Yeah. And that's another one. Like, Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman are not likable characters. Like, I don't like them. But, like, I don't know. I guess I I sort of understand Joaquin's, like, searching for belonging and finding it with this, like, insane person. I don't know. I think there's more to, like, latch onto there with his character. And, I mean... Uh, Plain views like his core desire is like money, yeah. which is mm-hmm. like kind of kind of flat, mm-hmm. and like it, it's yeah, not it's super money or relatable. 
yeah. or competitiveness, which I'm uh, not a, even approaching a competitive person at all um, in any sense. Um, but um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's strange. I mean, Punch Drunk Love is a very like intimate movie of Adam Sandler is Dylan with things. You know, you know? I think then, I would like There Will Be Blood more if at the, he got Adam Sandler to play Daniel Plainview. Oh my god, right. I would hate it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be bad. So, uh, but I mean, there would be. I drink your milkshake. I don't know. Yeah. So, speaking of the yelling, yeah, the, the, you know that takes us back to that last scene. The I'm finished. You know, uh, Mark and I have talked on this podcast a lot about last lines, our thesis statements in certain movies, etc. Mm-hmm. What What do we make of this last line? I I view it as like. You know, he has gotten his money, and then this is like he the 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 main competition in his life, other than with Standard Oil, and he already won that competition by like making the pipeline and mm-hmm. and avoiding the the transportation costs, uh, which yeah. is like a whole other plot line that I didn't even talk about. Um, yeah. But this was like, his like vengeance spear. Yeah, he has like finally conquered Eli. Eli is it Sunday? Right. Um, he's finally conquered Eli Sunday in the church. So now he's like, okay, I'm finished. Like, Well, it's interesting because he says, I'm finished, and then he kind of lays in a Christ pose to end the movie. Which, like, it, it is finished is... Is our Jesus', Jesus last, last words. words. Yeah, yeah that, that's why I'm like, there's hmm. something there. I, I, I can't really make out what it's supposed to mean. He's just killed... Like something He's there. just killed the preacher, and then he uses the word finished after... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he he has become God of his own domain, and, and in, like, in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. There's no one to oppose him. So maybe, like, that's kind of what it's doing. And, and maybe part of it is, like... You know, there's the competition of like, you know, is religion or is like is business its own religion is like capitalism its own religion. So maybe maybe it's Paul Thomas Anderson trying to say, like, at this point, like capitalism has fully defeated like moralism and Mm, religion in America. So it like, has replaced it. It has become the religion. Yeah. So, so, so religion like, was the only thing opposing him. He kept thinking there were he was being cursed because the 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 well wasn't blessed. All that stuff. He finally conquered the one thing that he couldn't conquer, which was religion. And yeah. Now he is over it. It's interesting, I guess. I don't think I don't that know. you know that storyline is not you know necessarily yeah, something that I read into the movie, you know, I, that's something that I honestly kind of pulled out of my ass just now. Is it, uh, can you read that into the movie? You can. Is it intentional? I don't know. Is it why I it's like this movie? Be. I mean, Probably that's, not. that's what he's doing is he's making, like, you've got these two guys, Paul Dano and Daniel Day-Lewis, or Paul, Eli Sunday and Daniel uh-huh. Plainview. Yes. And they both worship their gods and they're both, uh, manipulating people yeah. around that, like it's, yes. they're both doing the, it's the, no, the parallel yes. path. He's definitely making that comparison, but. but I don't think he's like he, I don't think that his thesis statement is like capitalism defeated religion. 
I, it may be. I mean, it might I think be, it but is. Like, look at the state of the fucking country where, like, I don't want to get into it too and, much, and, and, but, and, like... And maybe it's, maybe it's not religion, but it's false moralism, right? So, so that kind of sense of, like, no, 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 we do things properly, mm-hmm. and we're all above board, and Daniel Plainview's method is, fuck you, I'm not even going to pretend to be nice. Yeah. yeah. He you says know, to that like, guy, what, what I'm going to I'm gonna go into is, your house, and I'm going to cut your throat. <laughs> Like, right. It's like and the guy's like, "How dare you say you like cut my throat?" He's very Trumpian. To be good. He's very right. Trumpian. <laughs> yes. Um. What Eli's whole thing is pretending to be good while being bad, and Daniel's whole thing is why waste the time pretending. Right. So Which I is like I mean, I, the Republican Party pre-Trump and the Republican Party post-Trump <laughs> is like essentially. <laughs> Daniel Plainview oh, is Donald fun Trump. To watch this movie right uh, now, yeah. There's, there's, uh, I, I, the debate is happening right now. No, you and know I'm there is shaking. a difference. You know there is a difference, Chad. What's that? Uh, Daniel Plainview has money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but but I think that is exactly what what PTA is playing with. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I think it's just like PTA more when he's just playing more on a human level rather than things that huge i guess the master is about the master is about scientology but it it is still about how it manipulates i don't know i guess well it's about i mean the master is about like uh connection and searching for like a community and and belonging and how cults manipulate that in order to control people yeah 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 um i don't know i'm spiraling a bit just trying to figure out why this movie doesn't fully work for me but uh, it just kind of doesn't but i i still admire a lot for it like i don't think mark's insane for picking this this is not no one of the I, you know other uh other movies that have been chosen previously I, on the show where i'm like what the fuck i ranked it very low and it's like of the movies we've covered on the podcast in the bottom 50 percent of movies for me that being said, I recognize that it's made by a master of filmmaking, and it's a right. it's a well made movie, and I totally get liking it if it resonates for you on like a certain level. It just doesn't for me. I cannot connect to Plainview, and I feel like the movie necessitates to con- not to even to, to to connect with him, but to like at least be interested in him. I just have no interest in him. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That, that's where it falls apart for me but yeah i mean it's it's definitely different from like uh that thing you do where it's like you know this is a movie that <laughs> it's has definitely different you know, than the thing you do meaning to hey there is one thing that is true and it is that there will be blood is a different movie than that thing you do uh, say more about why mark <laughs> i i just mean that like you know it is like not that that thing you do isn't well made, but like this has like some spectacle that you cannot deny, mm. and like you know, I mean, you know, I love that thing you do, but there's no shot in that thing you do as beautiful as like, you know, fire spewing out of the ground. I disagree. I, don't know. I think the scene I, I think where when they're playing together, no, when they're when they're gorgeous. running down the street, turning yeah, on all the radio, that yeah. that moment. This is such a movie good it's moment. Good. It's so happy and wonderful. Mark, that thing you do. Oh. That thing you do. Hey, hey, here's how they're similar, though. They both arguably fall apart in their last scene. Um, <laughs> when the magical black man winks at the camera. <laughs> when was the last time you were really 
truly kissed. When was the last time you were ever truly fucked up in the head with a bowling pin? <laughs> um, I yeah, I don't. Th- yeah, they're they're different. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's I. Uh, I've been more angry at movies we've watched for sure. I mean, I um, I picked. Nacho Libre last year, so like mm-hmm, it's, which made me furious. It's so fine. Like <laughs> this is not this is not, you know, I I, I get it, Mark. It just doesn't um it just doesn't fully click, and sometimes that happens. Um, but uh, tell us well, is this where we vote? Tell us about no. the capes first. <laughs> yeah, we've got all, all of our segments. So, oh right, no, we got to talk about our alumni and guys. Oh. Nobody, no actors, huh. but PTA. You know, we've covered yeah. PTA twice. Um, again, it's a fascinating narrative arc that Chad brought two PTAs, mm-hmm. and then the PTA he doesn't bring is he doesn't like it all. Um, but cape check. Are you ready? Yeah. So, uh, guess. I guess. I glanced at the, do- the I glanced at the document already. Okay, so, so it's Paul Dano. He's the Riddler yeah. in the back. Oh right. Okay. I was trying to figure out how Paul Dano was a superhero. Actually, the movie that hasn't come out yet. And there's right. one more uh, that is then, a stretch, and I would never have ever 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 gotten. No, that. it is not a stretch. It is true. No, it's it's, it's and I I just let me. The movie it's from is just so off my radar of like thinking about superhero right, right. movies, but like it's a superhero movie for sure. But yeah, who's and this actor? Cody had to do a lot of research, so it's it's Siren Hines, I think is how you pronounce his yeah. name. Okay. He is the like he's kind of Daniel's right hand man at points in the movie. Mm, gotcha. I don't know. He doesn't necessarily yeah. have a ton to do in this movie. Is he the but one he in is... like the in the scene with the son where he's like he's my most trusted guy? He's he's I think so. Okay. I think so. He's kind of hard to place in the movie because he kind of disappears. I think he's the guy that, like, when the when the thing is burning down, he turns to Daniel and he's like, "How's your boy?" And he goes, "Yes, bad." (laughs) And then Siren runs and checks on the boy while Daniel Lewis just stands and looks at the thing. Yes, I think that is the guy. So he plays the iconic character uh, from Justice League, uh, Steppenwolf. Um, Ah. everybody's favorite character. We love him. Mm-hmm. He's a big goo man. And, uh, made a goo. He's great. He, he's also apparently in ghost Rider. I haven't seen those movies. I have not seen the non MCU. So, uh, not a lot. I haven't seen a lot of the non MCU Marvel movies. So I probably so should the, at some point. The way you put this in the document, I thought you were saying that he played a character named Steppenwolf in ghost Rider, And I thought that no, there no, was no, like no, a no. villain Steppenwolf in the ghost Rider movies. No, as and well as in justice I, league. I knew who Steppenwolf is. Yes, so yes, I could describe yes. that, but also he's in ghost Rider doing yeah. something. And I don't know. Uh, uh, really uh, funny that he's Steppenwolf in justice league. That's a horrible performance. <laughs> I mean, I'm on Wikipedia. He's in ghost Rider spirit of vengeance, not the first mm, ghost Rider. That's right. He okay. takes over the role from Peter Fonda. He, play, he plays the devil. Oh, he's the devil. Yeah. Well, pretty he's similar. Not Mephisto, though, is he? He's he's uh, Mephistopheles slash so the devil. Just name for the movie. Yeah. Annoying. Because um, it is Mephisto is the one who gives Ghost Rider his powers. Um, the power I to, watch to turn those. into a flaming skull and ride a motorcycle. Good. Yeah, it's fucking. I think rad. I have the first one. I, I need to watch that. Like, I need to watch Blade, the three Blade movies. I need to watch Ghost Rider. I need to get to all. Of those. Why haven't you watched the Blade seen... movies? I don't know. I just haven't gotten to it yet, yeah. and I keep being like, oh, watch. I've only seen the second Punisher movie. I've only seen Warzone. 
not the I've first one. I've seen both Punisher movies, but I think it's because at this point I'm like, New Blade's gonna come out. What should I just wait until that movie's about to come out and just watch all the other ones yeah, before New Blade? Probably. But, you know, that's that's kind of what I'm doing. Even though it'll probably be pretty different. Uh, let's talk about awards. It won Best Actor. Makes sense. One Best Cinematography. Makes sense. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Adapted Screenplay, Editing, Art Direction, and Sound Editing. But uh, Got a bunch of tag things. Did Deacons do the cinematography for um, uh, No Country? No Country. Yes, he did. So this was one of the years where he did get snubbed, though, was the thing. Makes sense. This movie's very well... Looks, looks right. very pretty. Deacon doesn't win until Blade Runner. Yeah. Which is bizarre that that is the movie that he won for yeah, but I, I haven't seen it yet but it, it, it's a very pretty looking movie though it's very pretty yeah i didn't you just give blade runner the first movie not that good of a letterbox i movie? did not I give I it i did not give it a star rating but i i did not really oh. care for it i love blade it's runner. very I don't good know why it's, it's you better love than blade runner it's better the it's more so i watch it i think that is also true. It, also, which uh, cut did you watch? Which sounds annoying. Yeah, it's the final, the final cut, the one that's on HBO Max. Yeah, that one's good. Yep, that's that the one good. to watch. Um, Harrison Ford is a robot. Um, actually, he's not. But um, or is he? I can't remember. Anyway, it was definitely <laughs> so not revealed in the movie that I watched that he's a robot, but I suspected it for part of it. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it grows. Um, th- no country or nope. There will be blood. Gross uh, seventy six point two million dollars on a twenty five dollar twenty five dollar <laughs> budget. Um, twenty five dollar man. That say what you will about wow, BTA, yeah. but he he can make a movie on twenty five bucks. He's he is. Yeah. Um, it has a ninety one on Rotten Tomatoes, four point four on Letterbox. Mm. Pretty highly reviewed. Um, so yeah, any last thoughts before we decide what's the best movie of 2007 so far? No, I'm very interested to see how you guys vote. (laughs) Right. So, uh, hey, Chad, oh, wait, this is the end. Um, before we do that final vote, yeah, or shit, fuck, are you you trying to ask me where they can find me on social media and also what movies I'm looking forward to? And yeah, also I guess for so, your vote, we're not actually well, because we're not actually voting until yeah, we're just gonna do the next. We're just gonna, time. Do, we're just the, gonna do the, the sign off the thing. So, the Chad, thing. where can people find you, and what's a movie you're excited for? You can find me at Chad A. Oliver on Letterboxd and Instagram. Um, a movie I'm looking forward to is Borat Two on Amazon Prime, baby. <laughs> right, forgot that. That's I'm now legitimately out very soon. I'm excited because he shot it secretly. And I just want to see how he could possibly fool people twice with Borat, <laughs> like the the iconic. Right. It wasn't even Who Is America where he did like four new characters. Right. He is yeah. just doing Borat. I don't know how you do Borat again. Like everybody, people who haven't even seen the movie recognize like very my nice, life. my life, very nice, all that shit. I, I'm well, so it's going to bring Borat voices back into vogue. Everybody's Which, been doing it with ironic dis- detachment for honestly, the past seven to ten good, years. And good, bring it back, baby. Yeah, I I've been singing. I've been singing "Master of the House" constantly mm. since 2012. So I'm ready for some new Sasha content. He's made stuff 
But uh, hey, that's what I've been fixing. Hugo, Chad. I need to watch that. Which I keep telling you to watch. Yeah, I, I didn't um, watch that. So what's interesting is Sasha Baron Cohen like may be in the Oscar race for Trial of Chicago 7. Right. So Borat's either going to really help that or, since the first movie got a screenplay nomination or it's going to fuck him up pretty bad. I mean, he could just win in every category for Borat because this year yeah, it's not going to because this year nothing it, came it's out. crazy nothing guess, nothing is coming out. do you guys know what else is fucked up about Borat too they didn't film it until pandemic filming restrictions were lifted they filmed it that recently oh it's been like in the last month like basically oh my god whenever the, the first time they said it was safe to have a film crew again they went and filmed the whole so movie. So maybe people fell for it because he's covering his face with a medical mask. I don't know. We'll see. But maybe. It, yes, it got shot pretty fucking fast. Wow. I'm, I did not know that. I'm very interested. Yep. Mark, what are you hey, looking forward to? <laughs> and where can people find you on the line? Um, On the line, you can find me... Uh, Sorry, I was going to make reference to a song called On the Line, but I forgot who sings it. Um, you can find... Wait, are you talking about the Demi Lovato song, mm, On the Line? No, I, it's not <laughs> okay. Casey Musgraves. Is it Maggie Rogers? It might be on Maggie Rogers. Um, she does no, have songs. It's, the line it's someone. Song. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd at WatlingtonMark. Um, Mark, I have a question. Are you talking about On the Line by Mandy Moore and Joey Fatone? Uh, you completely cut out when you said the name of the artist there, so I'm going to uh, say no. It was, it was Mandy Moore and Joey Fatone. No. I will are, look it up for myself. Are you talking myself. about Walk the Line by Johnny Cash? You guys are... I appreciate the effort. I really do, but no. We just got to get to the bottom about. of this. Well, I'm pretty sure Mark doesn't know the name of the song is the other I, thing, because... I will look it up in a second but first i want to tell you about this movie i'm looking forward to called synchronic it's by justin uh benson and aaron moorhead um it's got jamie dornan uh it's i don't know apparently it's like time travel-y um yeah i I don't know apparently i'm I'm really excited for it i like all of their movies is it coming out soon yeah it's coming out in limited release in in uh october or november here soon that's cool. Hey, Mark, it's a Jenny Lewis song. Jenny Lewis, thank you. Yep. Song is good. Um, you should listen to it. Okay, so uh, you can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram. The movie that I am excited for is Possessor because it is spooky season. And mm. it's time for a sci-fi horror film made f- by the son of David Cronenberg. And his name's Brandon. Um, when is uh, Freaky coming out? That's another spooky movie. November 13th. Mm. It's too little, far away little too late. to think about. A little too late. Yeah. Oh, they should have gotten that Halloween release. Yep. Uh, well, mm. no, because if it comes out on Halloween, it's a bad horror movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is the <laughs> that, rule. That's, that's the rule. But so uh, Possessor apparently is like fucked up. Um, which is not always what sells me into watching a movie, but like they're only releasing a special uncut version to indie theaters around me. Um, Groovy. And it's, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's Christopher Abbott uh, from girls and catch 22 and Jennifer Jason Lee and Andrea mm. Riseborough, Sean beans in it. Um, so basically the premise is like 
this this assassin like takes over people's bodies to do their job. No, that's freaky. To do her job. That's the movie Freaky. No, so it's like <clears throat> let let me re- let me read the print. Yeah, Vince Vaughn. Um, it, it's an agent takes. who works for a secretive organization that uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies, ultimately driving them to commit assassinations for high paying clients. So that's the general premise, but then it gets like fucked up and gory and weird because it's Cronenberg adjacent. So I don't know. It looks interesting. I'm excited to see some new weird sci fi horror thing. Yeah. I don't know if I'll love it, but excited to watch it at least. Um, and I think that's it, guys. Hey, 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 Mark. Yeah. What's the best movie of 2007? Um, for now, and probably the rest of the episodes, we'll say that it's There Will Be Blood. Well. Uh, hey, Chad, what's the best movie of 2007? There Will Be Blood, uh, starring me, Daniel Day-Lewis, doing a lot of big, big acting. Cody. The voice... Well, the voice you had, you almost were doing a good impression of someone else. And I was trying to place what it was. Cody! Got it. What is the mm-hmm. best oral movie in the year oral, thou, oral, oral, oral? The way he says oil is very good. That's my favorite thing about the movie. Well, what, um, what is it? 2007? Best movie? <laughs> It's uh, there. It's there. Will be blood. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. And remember, I'm finished. The next episode, we're watching a really pleasant and upbeat film about the entire world ending and the sun fucking exploding. It's called Sunshine. It's one of the many promised Danny Boyle movies that we're going to cover, and he's going to accidentally be the most covered director on the show, potentially. Uh, You can find Sunshine wherever you rent movies. Don't try and buy it, because the only copies that I can find on Amazon are... 30 i mean on ma and pa dvds.com are fucking 45 dollars for some reason because it's out of print um anyway see you next episode